okay, and he has given himself fully and wholly so that, you know, we will be able to live in love, in the love of God. The reality that we see in our world is that many people do not live in the love of God, and maybe even we ourselves, we sometimes miss it, we sometimes fail to live in that love. You know, just like you would have great difficulty survive, to survive when you are all by yourself, you cannot really make it, you cannot fulfill your purpose if you are not living in the love of God. If these three virtues, these three ingredients are not found in your life. We, we have no idea, suddenly nothing, no support system whatsoever. You know, we, we have no idea how much grace and mercy has applied upon our life. We don't understand it. We don't see it. But for us who believe, we can trust that, yes, God's grace is there. And we, we have had a whole year this year when we spoke about the grace of God, okay? And just because we finished the year does not mean that the grace is finishing. Thank God for that. Okay, so the, God, the, the, the grace will continue to flow even as we continue into the next year. So when God decided to create, he fashioned everything to the nature who he is, okay? And, and I will, will talk a little bit about this uh, in a moment. You know, it's, it's amazing that uh, God is, is giving us so much uh, insight in the many things that we, that we see in scripture. So every human being carries the nature of God inside of him or her, okay? Even those who are not yet believers, okay, they are still created by God, and God still has a good plan for their lives, okay? And uh, we pray that those who are not believing yet, that they will come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you some examples of the threefold nature in the economy of God, okay? First of all, we see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they always work together in a divine koinonia. Okay? That means in a, that when Jesus is there, he's not there alone. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was baptized, there was the Father, there was the Son, there was the Holy Spirit. Okay? And the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and remained upon him for good. Okay? So when you see Jesus in uh, the many scriptures that we read of Christ, he is never alone, okay? He's always with the Spirit. Now the Spirit is invisible, just like our spirit is invisible. And so when, when Jesus is uh, doing his work, he never just depends on the, on the, the, the human strengths that he had. And he was strong, you know? Uh, Jesus was not a weakling. Why would I say that? Okay, because some people there, you know, there are some pictures who, who show Jesus like very thin, very frail. I don't believe that, you know, because Jesus was a carpenter. He was used to work with wood. 
and wood is heavy. Okay, so he, he was a strong man. He was not somebody who was weak, but he was strong. Okay. And then, you know, when you see Jesus coming to the Jordan River, beginning his ministry, because up to then he was like in the underground. Jesus was kept away from the, from the eyes of the, of the establishment, from the eyes of the world. He was just known as uh, the son of Joseph in Nazareth. And he was uh, doing carpentry, you know, maybe he put some, made some furniture for people, or maybe he put some roofs on top of the houses, whatever the case may have been, we don't know. But this is what Jesus did. And when he did that, he depended on his muscles, okay? He depended on his human strengths. But when he went into ministry, that time of depending on the human ability came to an end. He now had to fully trust into the power of God, into the ability of God, okay? And so uh, Jesus was closed with the spirit from above by his own father, okay? As Jesus was baptized, heaven opened and God said, this is my dear son in whom I'm well pleased. So the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit were all seen together as the Holy Spirit came like a dove upon Jesus and remained upon him, okay? It was not a dove that came on Jesus, but like a dove, okay? So we, we must just understand uh, how God illustrates things for our better understanding. And when you see how Jesus went into ministry, you will find out that Jesus was not just going into any day without hearing from the Father. Okay, so I said Jesus was always with the Spirit, but then he wanted to get direction from the Father. So constantly the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit worked together, just like in creation itself. You know, the Bible tells us that as creation, uh, you know, started off, that the Spirit was hovering over the waters, and the water is word, okay? So God laid down his word, and then the Spirit was hovering over the waters, the word. And then God spoke. He released. And what did he release? He released the word. Okay, and the word is again a picture of Christ because the Bible tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God in the beginning. Amen? So the word, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all working together in perfection. So Jesus is the ever-existing word. He is God, just like the Father is God, just like the Spirit is God. Then, of course, we must understand that God is reflected in each and every single one of us. In the way God made us, he made us three-dimensional, okay? He made us in a way that, you know, we are having a body, we are having a soul, and we have a spirit. 
Now, what many people don't understand, you know, some people don't understand the difference between the spirit and the soul. But I want you to understand clearly, you know, that the spirit and the soul are two distinct parts that God has given to us. In fact, the Bible tells us that, you know, uh, God is waiting, or is, is promising us the, the, the salvation of our soul. Okay? Now, that's a very interesting scripture because most of the time we are saying, you know, uh, when we are born again, that when this, that's when the spirit becomes alive. But God is not only interested in your spirit, God is interested in your soul as well as in your body. But then, you know, the body that we have is a fallen body, and that's why God has decided to give us another body, a resurrection body, you know. So that body that we have today with all the ailments, with all the pain, with all the trials and troubles, uh, will not be with us forever. But God replaces it with a perfect body. Okay? And you may just look like you are now. Okay? Of course, you know, we are going to be spirit, but still, God has created us in this way, body, soul, and spirit. And we can only function if there is a body, okay? We have all experienced painfully that people have left us, and if their body is no longer functioning, then the whole, the whole existence of that person is no longer with us. You have to let go. So we know you can't do without, without uh, a body. And that's why we have to take care of our body. That's why we have to, you know, make sure that when we are not okay in our body that we, 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 we have uh, the necessary nursing and care so that our body is being fixed again. Unfortunately, our body is not going to last for too long, you know, it is only meant for about 100 years, maybe less than that, 70 or 80, if you have the strength, the Bible says. But imagine there were people, just like you and me, who lived 800 years, 900 years. Wow. Can you imagine that? I mean, now, imagine you are maybe in your 30s or in your 40s, and that is not even 10% of how the first people have been living not even 10%, 5%. So in other words, you are a baby. <laughs> you know, when you think of, about being 800, 900, 969 years old, like Methuselah. Okay, so as for us in these days, our limit is, you know, 80, 90. If we have the strength, hopefully more, 100. Actually, the Bible tells us that God reduced the age uh, several times. And what, the last time he reduced the age, he reduced it to 120. Okay, so in other words, you could live up to 120. And a few people on this earth actually are able to live 120 years. Anyway, not for all of us, but never mind. Would you refuse if God gives you 120 years and you're really strong, even... even uh, as you have been when you were young. Like, like uh, Caleb said, you know, uh, when he was uh, 85 years. 85 is a good age, isn't it? This is an age, you know, where you should retire. But uh, 
Caleb said, you know, I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago. And I'm going to get my inheritance. And he did. Okay? Because, you know, he kept himself young. He kept himself in faith, with expectation, with the hope that one day, you know, what God had promised him will come to pass. And it did come to pass. So we can learn from Caleb, okay? You can read his story at your own time. But there are many other areas where we can see how God uh, has, you know, put the Trinity into many different areas of life. Maybe before I go to the next one, let me just say, you know, God has created us body, soul, and spirit. And even if the spirit is dead, is dead, it is still there. Okay? It's still there. That's why it can be resurrected. Okay? That's why we can be born again. Because God created with, with body, soul, and spirit. And of course, if we don't have a, a functioning spirit, that means we are totally unaware of the spiritual world. We have no connection with the living God. And that's why many people call themselves atheists, you know, uh, skeptics or whatever, you know, uh, because they can't understand. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, okay? Because only the spirit can see. Only the spirit has eyes to see spiritual realities. Our soul can't see that. That's why we need to have the three functioning virtues, you know, the body, the soul, and the spirit, all functioning healthy and well. Okay, look at our, our economy, you know, if you are in agriculture, then you have to, you have to, you know, this is the time when we are seeing people preparing the land. Uh, of course, maybe they are late because rains were late uh, and they have been sowing the seed. But those people who sow the seed, you know, when they were expecting the rainy season to start, maybe in October somewhere, they have to replant, why? because the rains did not come early, okay? And the best seed, you know, certified, you know, from the best institution, the best companies, good seed, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> okay, if there is no rain, that seed will not go anywhere. So, praise God, the rain has come, at least the last few days were quite good, and we pray that it will be continuing to rain so that we have plenty, plenty of, uh, uh, you know, water uh, that, you know, is, is penetrating into the ground and, and, and keeps us watered, keeps our dams full for the year when the dry season is finally coming, you know, that we have enough uh, water in the hydro electric dams or, you know, the, the, the dams which have hydroelectric uh, power stations so that we are not running uh, on load jetting next year. We pray for more water, okay? We pray for more, for more rain. Because without rain, you know, it has got terrible consequences. You may say, oh, our 
electricity provider is not giving us the, the power. Yeah, but if there's no water, then it will, the best thing they can do will not be good enough. So water does not come from a provider. Water comes from the Lord. Okay? So you need soil. Okay, soil is like a womb. But then you need rain. Okay, that is going to make this, the, the, the seed germinate. And then you will have growth because the sun is shining. But imagine the sun would not shine. What would grow? Nothing. Okay, nothing would grow. Even if there's plenty of, of rain, good soil, but if there's no sunshine, there cannot be growth. And so you can see there is this trinity that we see in so many different areas in the word of God. That we should ask, or that we should ask, that we should seek and knock at the door. Again, there's a trinity here. Okay, now let me read that scripture. It's a very interesting scripture. Okay. Jesus said to them, suppose one of you, this is Luke 11 verse 5, okay? Luke 11 verse 5. This was just after Jesus was teaching about the Lord's Prayer. And then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Have you noticed three loaves of bread? Not one, not two, three. Very interesting. Okay? Because a friend of mine has, on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then one inside answered, then the one inside answered, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, so he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Because if this guy is continuing to knock, if this guy is continuing to shout, he will not get sleep, so he better get up. Not because he's his friend, but just because this guy is persistent. Okay, verse 9. So I say to you, very important, so I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock at the door, and it will be opened to you. So if you want to get the three laws of bread, you must follow the three-dimensional roadmap that God has given to us. Ask, seek, and knock. And the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, the door will be opened to you. You will find. What you ask, you will be given. Now, mind you, the asking is for three loaves of bread. That means we have to ask according to the will of God, not to, for our frivolous kind of uh, things, you know, that we, that we think we must pursue. You know, some people, they want to ask God for anything that has nothing to do with what God said. So it's important that if we ask, we ask according to the three-dimensional reality that God has laid down in his word. And if you do that, 
then your asking will be successful. Then your seeking will be coming to a finding. And your knocking will finally see the door opened. And Jesus says, for everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Hmm. Powerful, isn't it? Powerful. Okay, let me give you another three-dimensional uh, message here, which is found in the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, this scripture is uh, uh, always butchered because we use it, especially, you know, on, on, on wedding days and things like that, you know, then we are butchering that scripture. Uh, we only take a part out of it. But this has three parts, but we only take the middle part. Okay, you will hear me when I read. Again, I saw something mean, meaningless under the sun. That is uh, Solomon writing, okay? There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother with wealth, okay? Toil, yet his eyes were not content with wealth, okay? So that was a guy who could never get enough. No matter how much he had, it was never enough. And yet, he was just alone. He was not working for maybe his children, you know, for, for the bigger family. He was just working for himself alone. He was toiling and uh, yet, you know, he had nothing to give to anybody. He was a greedy man. Okay? So he was not content with his wealth. Finally, he said, for whom am I toiling? And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? So at least that was a good question. I hope he, he made the right decision out of that question. This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Okay, so this is the dimension of one. If you are one and you have got no two, no three, you are in trouble, you know. You are in trouble. No matter how wealthy you are, it will mean nothing. You know, that's miserable, as the Bible says. Miserable business. Even if people think you are successful. And there are a lot of people like that, you know, who are looking to be very, very successful, but they are just keeping everything within their confines. They are not giving to anybody. Miserable business. Now, verse 2. Verse 9, rather. That's where we now read about the two. Okay, that's the, the part of the scripture that we usually uh, like to read. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A court Okay, now, this was the two, huh? Now we come to the three. Okay, a court of three strands is not quickly broken. So, you need a body, yes. You need a soul, for sure. But you can't do without the spirit. Or else, eventually, you will be broken. You will be in miserable business. 
Okay, that's why we need three. So in other words, here again, God is hiding the three-dimensional nature two better. But they're missing something, you know, because two without the third strand are easily broken. And we see this in our world constantly happening. People who were friends yesterday, they are now taking each other to court. They're now castigating each other. You know, it's very sad what is happening. So we need to see in the economy of God, it's always the three dimensions. You know, even these people who made our phones, whether they like it or not, but they have to follow the example of God because that's the nature in which everything was created. Okay? This is the body of the phone which I'm holding in my hand. But if this, this phone has no soul, you cannot phone. Okay? The, the, the soul is the battery. Okay? Now you may, these days, you may not be opening and remove the battery and put another one like in the old phones. This one you can just recharge. But I can tell you a secret, there is a battery in which you can still change. Okay, even it looks like it's closed. So you need the soul, okay, and the soul needs to be recharged constantly. So now you have the battery and you can switch it on, okay, and you have something appearing on your screen, it's the body and it's the soul, okay. But it will not still help you to make any call. Am I right? In order for you to make a call, you need a spirit inside. Okay? And the spirit is a SIM card. Okay? The SIM card is the one which connects you with the networks around you. Without a SIM card, this thing is useless. Okay? And that's what the spirit is all about. The spirit is, you know, embedded in you, it's very tiny, it's very small these days, it's getting smaller and smaller, and the new phones, they don't have any SIM card at all, it's just, uh, because you can have a hundred networks, if you don't have a SIM card, you will not make a single call. You know, you will not be able to browse the internet, because without the, the SIM card, it will not work. So you can see, the three-dimensional nature of God is everywhere. And I could continue, but maybe, I give to you as homework, you know, think about where you see the three-dimensional, you know, nature in other areas of creation. You will be surprised because God is God. We are created in his image, in his likeness. And everything that God has created will reflect the nature of God, whether we like it or not. Okay, whether some people say, ah, I don't believe in a God, fine, you can, you can carry on with your, with your belief. But then you, are, you have a miserable business, as the Bible tells, tells us, isn't it? You'll not go nowhere. So, like a phone is a body, needs a battery, that's the, 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 the soul, and needs the spirit, which is the SIM card, you know, unless all of these three things are present, this thing is useless. Am I right? Okay, so let me go on. Now, love never fails. Praise the Lord. Let me talk a little bit about love. You see, all things not, are not only created by God, but they are also sustained by God, the Almighty. 
He is almighty because he can sustain all this universe out there, you know, without collapsing, you know, and, and there are so many things happening. There are so many, you know, explosions and what have you in the, in the universe, but Earth is still stable, even so sometimes it's a bit shaking, but by, by and large, you know, we can make a living. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to fear. This is amazing. So God is not only the creator, but the sustainer of all things. So God has never failed. Imagine from eternity past, not only the last 100 years or the last 1,000 years or the last 5,000 years, God has never failed from eternity past to look after his creation, after himself, or whatever else you may say here. God has always been able to take care of all things very well. And because he has never failed from eternity past up to today, his love can't fail us either, <clears throat> even in 2024. Amen? So don't worry. <clears throat> Tomorrow is the 1st of January, about uh, 366 days this uh, coming year. Uh, we have a leap year, an extra day, and God will not fail on e e even a single day whatsoever. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you. God's love will not fail you. You may fail him, but he will not fail you. You may, you know, go your own way away from the love of God, but he will still follow you. He will still offer you his kindness and love every single day. Love can never fail. Like a hub, like a hub from a, a bicycle, okay, which has got many spokes, spokes uh, the, all directions, 360 degrees, you know. That's how the love of God radiates out. And not only, you know, round, but, you know, like a, a globe all over. Because God is the hub. And he loves to radiate his love all over the place. If you want to know a little bit more about that, read the book of Ezekiel. You know, this is an amazing word. Many people say, ah, this is too hard to understand. But it just shows us that everything in God radiates out. Okay? God radiates his love to all of us. You know? Unless you have no antenna, you should know that the love of God is, is, is really there. That's why it's important to have a spirit. You know? Otherwise, you can't, you can't be able to receive uh, remember those early uh, cell phones that we had? They had a long antenna there, you know. I remember the first phone, it was like this. You know? And then uh, an antenna like this. Okay, today you don't even see the antenna. It's just inside, isn't it? But it's there. Okay, it's part of the spirit. It's part of the... the, the, the His plan, God's plan, <clears throat> from the beginning of uh, his decision that he would make this world, that he would make people in his own image. Because there was a beginning of that, you know. The Bible tells us that God said, let us make, you know, men in our own image. So let us, that means it was not only the Father, it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, let us make man in our image. Okay, and that's why we are we, as we are. You know, all of us, we have capacity 
that you cannot even imagine to love, to do good, to help others, not to be selfish, not to be angry all the time, not to be mean and full of hatred. That comes from the other source, you know, the devil's source. But God's love is there for us. And if you, if you miss that love, then I, I, I really have a good advice for you, you know. Uh, check your antenna. Check your SIM card. Maybe it's not okay. Because if you have your SIM card in, you know, I mean, right now, if I go to my phone and I, and I go to, the <clears throat> to a browser, I can surf the internet. I can be all over the world within no, no time at all. But without the SIM card, you are just stuck. You're not going anywhere. Okay? I've got so much to say and my time is running out. <clears throat> so his plan is born from agape. Okay? The love of God. His plan is born from agape. And at the culmination of all things, that plan is going to succeed. And it's succeeding every single day. Okay, maybe you are saying, ah, oh, things are not working out. Ay, no, God is, God is not in a hurry, by the way. Okay? We, we are often thinking things are not succeeding because we are always in a hurry and we don't, we don't utilize the time that God has given to us for the right things. We fill our time with all, all kind of stuff. It's being cluttered destiny where God wants us to be. So his plan is born from agape. And at the culmination of all things, everything will have come to pass that God has planned before the foundation of the world. And that's amazing. You know, only God can do that. No human being can ever even imagine these kind of things to happen. So all things have to conform to his standards. If you're trying to build co uh, contrary to the standard of God, you are a poor fellow, okay? Miserable business will be the results. Because you can't, you can't uh, swim against God's current, okay? You should swim against the devil's current, but you can't swim against God's current. That's impossible, totally impossible. So, this is his standard, you know, love or agape is the standard of God, the greatest virtue in God. And that's why the Bible says, you know, there are these three things remain, but the greatest of these is love. Because God is love. So we can say love never fails. You can also say Jesus never fails. You can also say the Father never fails. You can also say the Spirit of God never fails. Or you say God never fails. Love never fails because God is love. Amen? And love will always succeed. Always. Hatred will not go very far. Like I said some years ago, you know, lies have short legs. And uh, they don't go very far. They take you only for, maybe out of a certain situation for a moment, but eventually they're not going to carry you. <clears throat> okay, let me take to the next point. In all that God created, he engaged faith in his own word. Hello? I, I made need to think about that. You know, please uh, keep, your, keep your bulletin and go through it and, and meditate upon it. You know, God planned 
Then God spoke things into existence and he never doubted that the things he spoke would come to be. Hello? When God said, let there be light, what was there? Light. Okay. You know, how many times did you try to speak something into, or out of the way, you know, like, like uh, scripture said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move. Or you can say to this tree, you know, uh, be transplanted. Have you tried it? You know, many of us have tried it and it didn't work. Okay. Because, you know, we have always that, uh, that doubt. You know, we, actually we are not having faith. We are, we are trying. And you're not supposed to try. You're supposed to use faith. And this is the faith that God wants us to develop. You know, faith needs to grow. Very, very important. Faith needs to grow. Faith is required to please God. Faith is required to conform to his economy, or else it will not work. Without faith, we will never have a part of God's world. And that is a calamity. You know, that's why people who have no faith, they have no future. Okay? Their future will be the devil's future. They don't have their own future. But yet, God has made a future for every single one of us. A lovely future, a great future. So, we start with being born again, and that faith God gives to each and every human being, that we can trust him, that he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, for our sin. And then we will be born again. Okay? That's a phase God has put into our hearts, in every human being as a seed form. But we must not leave it there because we have to continue growing in faith, okay? We must not just have faith to, you know, take us into the kingdom of God, but in the kingdom of God, there is so much expansion required. And this is very unfortunate that many people go to church quite all right, but they're never expanding in their faith in the kingdom of God. Because it's like somebody who goes to a mighty, powerful palaces, palace with, with, with hundreds of different rooms where you can see all kinds of different things, and you enter only to stand at the entrance door and say, ah, I'm inside, I'm inside. But you're never seeing all the riches that are waiting for you. Okay, God's gifts are wonderful. Faith is required to be eternal. And it's very important that we understand that we can never live in eternity without faith. We can never live like God without faith. Okay, and faith is also required in eternity because, you know, the Bible says, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even imagine. That is what God will show those who love him. Okay, that is the entry point. And you know, God is God. He has, he's not going to retire when we arrive there. He's still God. He's doing, still doing greater and more powerful things in eternities, in eons to come. Okay, no one can really understand that. But that's what he says. Okay, finally, let me come to the, to the third 
uh, strand. I've already spoken a little bit about hope. But hope is the trust that sees God's work completed. That means see, okay? You're not, not, not trying to, uh, you know, limp around and, 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 and wonder, you know, will this ever work? No, actually, hope is able to see. And that's why the Bible says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain what we do not see. Okay? We do not see it in the natural, but we see it in hope. Hello? In the natural, you cannot see the whole of God. Okay? You cannot see the new Jerusalem. You cannot see the things that God said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. At the moment, you can't see it with the, with the natural eyes. But you can perceive it by faith, in hope. Okay? Very interesting. So hope is the assurance of God to each and every one of us. We hope because we have faith. And again, out of hope flows faith and love. Almost like a contradiction, but it's not, uh, you know, a mystery. Almost like a contradiction, but it's not a contradiction. Okay? Let me read again from Colossians chapter 1, because this is where we find this. Okay? The Bible says here, Because we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. Okay? So, faith and love springs forth like a well from hope. And on the other hand, you know, God makes his wonderful face, you know, this dimension of face grow in our lives. And that is really powerful. You see, the Bible, again, in the book of Galatians says, by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit, the righteousness for which we hope. Okay? Have you seen that? Hope makes faith and love flow. But again, faith is what we are waiting for and, you know, what we are hoping for. So it's like a two-way two -way, uh, dimension, or even, should I say, a three-way dimension, faith, hope, and love. Okay, we will have a whole year to figure that out. Okay, we are not done yet. We have just scratched the surface. Okay? God is building us up in mysterious ways. Okay? You may not know what the words that you hear today that are not just hitting your eardrums, but are hitting your heart will be able to do in your life. So God is building us, building our faith, building our hope so that we are complete in love. Our love and our faith flow from hope. So all of these things, you know, they begin small, but they're growing from strength to strength. Okay? So we can't do without all the three of them. Okay? Remember the, the phone? Okay, there are three ingredients 
we can't do without. If you say, no, one is enough for me. No, no, no. That's nothing. Two. Looks better, but it's still nothing. Okay. You need all three. In order to make a call, you need to have your SIM card inside. You need to be born again. And you need to be remaining in touch with the living God, not just, uh, you know, at one moment so that finally you make it into the building. But you need a guide inside the building so that you go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And that's what God has prepared for each and every one of us. So, remember, love never fails. It's not human love. It's agape love. And these three are the virtues, the ingredients that remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. May God bless you richly in the year to come. Amen.